0: I'm Dylan Stafford. Welcome to Drive Time, UCLA Anderson's podcast about some of the most interesting and ambitious people in our community. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. This is a special coronavirus edition. Um, I have an incredible guest today. Joel Searles is, is a graduate of UCLA Anderson, class of 2017. Joel is a veteran. Of the United States Marine Corps, and that was his world before he came to graduate school. He reinvented himself during graduate school with a commitment to create a career in entertainment, and he's um, produced or been an associate producer on a film since completing his time at Anderson, which was a couple years ago. And now he's reinventing himself yes, yet again into the world of investment banking, but he's got a long-term vision that he wants to, you know, be one of those people who calls the shots on. What art gets funded? So, um, so you're you're in for a treat, I think, because um, I love to find fascinating people. And, and so, uh, with no further ado, Joel, sorry for the long preamble. Welcome, welcome to Drive Time. Thanks for uh, being game to do this.
1: Thanks for having me, Dylan. And thanks for the nice uh, and great intro. Uh, pleasure to be here. You know, rolling with we're all rolling with the punches here in the uh, COVID nineteen uh, epidemic. So uh, you know.
0: Hopefully we can bring some positive light to folks uh, through the podcast as well. Well, I would like, I would like to do that. Um, you're an impressive human being in general, just because Mm -hmm. you're very proactive and entrepreneurial. Um, but, and we, and God bless you. We recorded this interview six weeks ago. The world was a very different place. February 13th. When last we spoke contrasted to, uh, March 19th, where we are right now in the year of our Lord, 2020. Um, Last time I wanted to tell the story of, of your, your, your military background and then how you use the NBA to pivot into your, your entertainment world and now you're, you know, you're really the business of entertainment that you're, you're also creating for yourself. Mm-hmm. But, but from, from six weeks ago to now, it's also I want to grab your perspective. like As a, as a member of our armed forces, you've had a career – that trained you to deal with the possibility of much chaos, much ambiguity and life or death consequences. And mm-hmm. 99 out of a hundred of your fellow Americans have not had that training. So here we are in this moment and it's a serious moment and we're having a national a state, and a local level conversation about what's the appropriate way to respond to this. So, I'm going to tell your story a little bit out of sequence. I I really want to just kind of tap your brain as a Marine and a participant in civilian society. Mm
1: -hmm. Like
0: what's your take on, on where we are? What do you tell your friends? What do your friends tell you? What, you know, the ideas that that current and future Anderson folks are listening to this podcast, what would you share with your fellow classmates, your fellow alumni?
1: That's a great question, and uh, you know, looking at it from a uh, you know pair of glasses that have the marine shade to them, yeah, you know, definitely teamwork is what needs to be focused on uh, on the local, state, and federal level. I think I think everyone realizes that, or should. Um, and I think that in teamwork, you have the you know how your impact and decisions affect others as a greater good or bad. And, you know, I think the most important thing is to, you know, make sure you're practicing the social distancing because there's a lot of elderly people that could suffer greatly if this uh, COVID-19 really takes off, which we don't want it to. We're trying to stop the curve. And I I think it's important to, you know, be prepared, but, uh, you know, have some common sense and, you know, buying 20,000 rolls of toilet paper uh, is ridiculous. Uh, it's important to be stocked and, and, and set, but uh, you know, I think there's a selfishness that's uh, running through certain individuals or, or groups of, of people that, uh, you know, it's not healthy for the society as a whole. Um, so teamwork, be prepared, you know, have a plan and, uh, you know, make sure you have, you know, uh, everything lined up. So if the pandemic gets worse, you're able to handle it. And, uh, you know, remember how your decisions affect others.
0: That's the big one. Teamwork. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. You know, um, e pluribus unum, we're all in this together.
1: Exactly. Uh, Teamwork was
0: how we survived uh,
1: and won World War II. It'd be the Great Depression was the same way. Uh, And, uh, you know, to get through this goes back to the fundamental teamwork.
0: I appreciate that. I, you know, it is something that you've, you know, when you, when you go through officer candidate school and you tell yourself that you're not only going to be a Marine, but you're going to lead Marines, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you reflect back to, to what that was like 10, 13, 14 years ago, you know, when you were in your early twenties, um, what lessons from that could a civilian manager, leader, citizen participant in life benefit from? that you remember you know,
1: some of the fundamentals uh integrity is always important uh you know being direct and forthcoming i noticed some people you know they try to hoard information as well they try to hoard hmm. uh, a lot of different things but you know if you have a if you're an employer leader manager uh you know you want to keep your employees informed and holding information from them causes anxiety, causes potential rebellion, or uh, mutiny. Maybe a bit of a strong term, but uh, you know, keeping your your troops, keeping your subordinates informed, so they understand that you know it's in control above them, and that you know they're being taken care of. Staying positive is most important as well. That's something yeah. I I really <clears throat> learned under uh, my deployment. Uh, it's hard to stay positive in, in very negative negative, toxic situations. So, you know, the key, isolated, yes, stay positive, you know, find people to communicate with. Don't become a famous phrase, a man is not an island to his own. Same for a woman. So, you know, make sure you, you have people to connect with.
0: Um, yeah, social, and, distancing, social distancing is not social isolation is the one that's floating around. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's not, you're not supposed to be on an island by yourself. I would also say that uh, exercise, staying in shape. I've been exercising here at my apartment, and then I go out by myself and go on little walks around the area or a run, usually later in the evening when there's no one out, so it's not like I'm endangering myself or them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, try to keep your physical fitness up because you know, worst case, if you do get sick, which <laughs> people got really sick in training. Uh, Boot camp is, uh, officer boot camp uh, is, is uh, candidate school is <laughs> uh, A lot of people getting sick and coughing, and so the only way to push through that is to, you know, keep your immune system built up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, working out and exercising is important. And sleep, sleep is also very important. That's probably the biggest detractor uh, that people think they can skip on. And, you know, <laughs> I liked it when I got good sleep. When I could, and when I couldn't, you could definitely tell. You still push through it, but you know, fundamentals, fundamentals. I think were taught there, and that's still can be applied uh, today uh, here in Los Angeles.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah, you, you know, you were trained to go to places that people don't want to go to and deal with chaos that people would rather wish away, right? And 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 be the beachhead. You know, be the Mm -hmm. first to fight um such that you know the greater good can keep going forward and you know it's a cliche to clap for veterans but it's it's a good cliche <laughs> you know there's a reason for it and I'm I'm just reflecting you know yeah we we have been through world war 2 i mean you know like i was a history major so i love the the long view um and you know and and challenge right it's it, we're going to innovate we're going to you know nothing Creates innovation like a constraint, and here mm-hmm. you and I—we were scheduled to have this conversation in person today in my brand new office in the new Marion Anderson Hall, you know—but we're not obviously doing that, so we're gonna use whatever bandwidth Zoom is gonna give us from your apartment and my wife's <laughs> office, and we're gonna wing it. I love what you're saying. Like, keep it, keep it to first principles, right? Am, am I gonna eat? Am I gonna exercise? Am I gonna sleep? Am I gonna stay in a team mentality? Mm-hmm am i going to keep my eye on unity um i don't need a year's worth of toilet paper really <laughs> um and it's 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 a cliche but right people people respond to stress differently and i've been i've been trying out the you know just with my own team like can we practice compassion with ourselves we have applicants who don't know they want to you know like they're going to get admitted to anderson in round 2 we're going to admit round 2 next week we're we're on task my team is working hard remotely make sure that the round two decisions are released and how are people going to respond? Is this the right year to start grad school? Right. We're going to have, we're going to have, um, remote instruction for UCLA for spring quarter. How long is that going to last? Um, you know, I would hope and pray that it's over and that we resume instruction within the spring quarter and we don't know. So, um, to me, like why, why get a graduate degree? It's, it's to, it's to invent yourself as a full grown grown up with the best toolkit possible. And, you know, the Marine Corps training you've had trained you how to be a soldier and to lead some of the toughest soldiers. And then, you know, a graduate degree in management is about how to lead non-soldiers into the, the chaos of, of just managing a modern organization. But even a modern organization can have to deal with windows like what we're dealing with right now in society.
1: Absolutely, Uh, and the fundamentals of leadership still apply. Uh, I did want to make one point here, and any Marines listening to the podcast uh, know, uh, there is a difference between a Marine and a soldier. So we don't, the soldiers are Army, and the Marines are Marines. We're soldiers of the sea. Uh, So uh, just FYI, uh, um, I'm sure Marines have led soldiers, but that's when they're in charge of like a joint task force, or like maybe they're they're in special operations or something and they're leading like Rangers or Green Berets. But, um, you know, I, I definitely was trained to lead Marines and understand through the training to try to get you to understand humanity, which may sound strange, but, uh, and understand how people operate. It's like a PhD in organizational behavior, or at least from like a leadership standpoint, it really is.
0: Um, Thank you for the thank you for the yeah. clarification. Yeah, I was obviously yeah. speaking with layman's language and not the specificity of 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 each of the branches and how how you relate to each other cuz exactly what I meant to communicate was you are trained to lead elite marines and that that's like an inside outside responsibility. I got to get my own house in order before anybody yeah. out there is going to give me the credibility to listen to my words in a, in a, in a, in a moment of stress or crisis.
1: Exactly. As uh, coach Wooden used to say, it was a uh, discipline yourself. So others don't have to. Yeah. I and love so that
0: discipline. <laughs> yeah. Coach a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if we learn it in practice, it'll, it'll show up in game time. Well, enough of COVID-19 it's, it's fun. It's real. It's not fun. It's not, <laughs> it's very real. It's uh, yeah. it's, it's the topic of the moment, but there's this other story that I wanted people to know about you. So yeah. um, let's, let's kind of look at the, let's go to, let's go to your, you know, where'd you grow up and how'd you get to the Ohio state university and become a theater <laughs> major? Cause people don't know this about you, that you were a theater major <laughs> before you became a Marine. Tell people a little bit about your, your background.
1: Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, so I, I grew up in Ohio uh, in Columbus or in Pickerington uh, and uh, you know, come from, I think a normal middle American family I had an older brother uh was influential you know, hero worship as a kid uh and, and I got introduced to like it was like Back to the Future and, and Ghostbusters 2 and uh the first Superman film with Christopher Reeves and and, and uh, Richard Donner directed that so I was like I got introduced to some of these classics I think I think my dad had me watch Gone with the Wind when I was like six I watched it in two parts but I was like he was like you need to know the classics and it's like okay and so I saw so, uh um, Laurel Hardy and the Stooges and, uh, the Marx Brothers. I had like a lot of old Hollywood and this is like 80s, 90s. This isn't like I grew up in like the sixties or something or the fifties. So I, I got a lot of classics in as a kid, which had a good impact on me. Um, and I read a lot too. My mother is big on uh, Greek and Roman history. So I got to read a lot about that and the Egyptian history as well. Um, and so a lot of it overlaps with like the Bible. So it was very, uh, you know, civilization, like fundamental civilization history in yeah. a lot of ways. And so, um, and my father's a businessman, or he was a businessman, uh, and he retired from business uh, back in 2000 as a marketing executive, uh, marketing and sales exec for like a mid level company back in Ohio. And he followed his childhood dream of driving locomotives uh, for Norfolk Southern. So at the age of 45, he became a conductor on Norfolk Southern. He was like hanging off of boxcars and like uh, tying handbrakes and, you know, getting trains lined up to leave the train yard there in Columbus. And he's since went on to engineer school so he can drive trains. Um, he does sometimes. It's kind of interesting, his own trajectory of businessman. And then yeah, I'm still young enough to go hang off of trains and go <laughs> on something new. And so, yeah, he's, he's done that for 20 years now. Um, probably a few more, and then my mother, she you know, stayed home mom, and she worked uh, different, you know, jobs. And she, she worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, and she worked at JCPenney as well. Um, usually more administrative roles, but you know, she stuck, definitely stuck with her history, and uh, you know, brought a lot of uh, interesting things. And also loved old Hollywood films. So I kind of got more entertainment even on that side as well. Um, and then my older brother runs. He, he runs his own landscaping and uh, 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 we call it lawn care because it's pretty in depth. But he he does a lot of work there in Ohio with his own business. Everything from salting roads to you know redoing people's front yards and like usually it's like millionaire customers that want like a acre lot redone to look wow. like a golf course. So he does some pretty almost artistic, even though he's more of a math and physics guy. Um, and uh, you know I went to high school there in Pickerington, graduated. I uh, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I came out. I studied journalism at Ohio University. Uh, and I wasn't really finding what I was looking for. And I, I, <laughs> I told my parents, I was like, I think I'm gonna go over and study theater. And they're like, okay. Yeah, we know you always liked movies, but that's, that's, a, that's a real trip, okay. And so I, you know, I, I, um, I applied to different uh, theater programs and I got into Ohio States and I went there and uh while there, cut robert redford came to visit john stewart did they had some pretty pretty big nice. people come to high State and visit I think marcel marceau came the famous mime i think he's, he was french he was like a famous mime and he passed away a while ago but he was there they had a really good group of artists come through and uh i was able to take part in what was called a new works lab i'd, <laughs> I'd never written a play or anything uh you know fully and I had a really good professor, Dr. Joy Riley, when she was from Ireland. She <laughs> was basically like a character from uh, the quiet man, John Ford, had like the full Irish accent and was a very lively and you know, really jovial person. Um, and uh she she encouraged me to write a Western play. And so I was like, hmm, okay. And so I started writing it and kept coming back to the New Works Lab and like, you know, building it over the course of like two years, and it was it was interesting to say the least, uh, it, was, um, it was like a social vehicle. It was a Western set 100 years ago in like 1900s, early 1900s. And, you know, it had like bar fight, a bar fight and like some gunfights, kind of traditional Western things. And then it kind of delved into, you know, more social aspects, things that I had seen growing up. And, um, you know, people that I had met, it was kind of a conglomeration of them. Uh, and it, it delved into like domestic abuse issues, alcoholism some of the racism that you still see, you know, well after, well after the civil rights movement. So um, the, the project was funded for $7,000 And joy. Uh, uh, Dr. Riley went and pitched it to the board. $7,000 I mean, doesn't sound like very much, but main stage productions there at that school were about 10 to 12,000. Uh, and so for me to get me and my director, Brittany, to receive this money to produce a play with a Western play, you know it wasn't like Sam Shepard's True West where it was kind of like a modern western play this was like almost like filmed to stage um, mm-hmm. we cast professional actors and had a fight choreographer for command and, you know we had a at the end of each um session uh, we had a uh, at the end of each play we had a talk back session with with a you know a domestic violence counselor and like kind of, it was it was almost like part education and part entertainment and we we uh we filled the house six out of seven nights that it, nice. I think it was, yeah, it was pretty, I was like, wow, people actually want to come see this. And we advertised through Ohio University, Ohio State's, the Lantern, and, and you know got the word out to people. I think we even did some Facebook advertising. So it was very entrepreneurial. I played a part in it. I wrote it. And then it was like, I helped get everything built. Um, that was, it was like 13 years ago. One family had a alcoholic father who was abusive and the other one, you know, absentee parent, uh, in like a single parent household. So it touched on things that were relevant to nineties, two thousands, uh, and could be relevant to early 1900s. So I wrote a thesis on it. I received like a degree in distinction because it was like, I wrote a master's level thesis for an undergrad, um, uh, production. So that was my, you know, undergrad. That was my time uh, there at Ohio state, uh, for theater.
0: And that was, that was Antioch. So, um, and, and you're listed as the, the writer, producer, well, or the writer and director of Antioch?
1: Uh, writer and producer. The director was Brittany Fitrell.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Was, you said, uh, Br- okay. You yeah. Pointed Brittany, out. Brittany did the directing
1: and she helped bring a you know great perspective to the, the, uh, the script and the narrative and, and there's some insights into some of the characters that I didn't even realize were there. Even though I wrote them. So.
0: <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I love when you and I have talked more than once, you know, how when you... Be- when you then, you know, you graduated college and you became a Marine and, mm-hmm. you know, there've been times where you thought that actually, you know, actually a degree in theater was actually good in the world yeah. of becoming a leader of, of, of Marines.
1: I, I it, it was, it, it has been, and it's, uh, you meet a lot of different people in that line of work and you, you, you study cultures and, you know, some of the courses I took at, at Ohio State kind of I open, open, broaden my horizons. I know one in particular was, um, it was a theater history course focused on like a broad spectrum of like Roman and Greek and then French, and then, um, like colonial American. I think Shakespeare was in there too, which should be, but it was taught by the a Greek professor there, uh, at, at Ohio State. His name was Stratos Constantinidis. Stratos Constantinidis. That's- I haven't talked to him years, but that's a distinct name. And, He'd actually nice. had a military background in the Greek military. So he like taught like a very structured, like thorough, like it was very cultured. The class was very cultured. he let me kind of like once in a while bring in like a film clip to show. And he's like, How do you know these classic films? I'm like, I'm like, I just like them. He's like, Wow, I haven't met too many students that enjoy these he's like he's like, I watched these films as a kid, you know. So uh connected with him and learned about the Greek culture and, you know, how theater was very important there and like their 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 Greek history uh was, was crucially important, you know, history isn't important to a culture, but it was very like, you know, it was very like tangible talking with him about, you know, Greek theater and like the mythology and like all these different aspects that tied into it, it was, it was really cool. Um, so, you know, that, that definitely gave me like a culture background. So it helped me connect with people too. Uh, I, some people may say, "Oh, I can't believe that. Uh, but I could be shy as a kid and I could be mm. very friendly, but then I could also be like quiet and kind of like standoffish. Um, you know, it's just in different situations. Yeah, I've gotten more comfortable as so I've gotten older. I think you're supposed to, but uh, growing up, like there were points where it was like I just, you know, didn't didn't do too much, uh, you know, socializing outside of a small group of friends or a core group of friends. Uh, and you know, after having done Ohio State, which is a huge school, and yeah. then having spent time trying to cast a project and connect with people and you know, develop something that I've never done before. Um, and, and my professor, Joy, was from Ireland and then Stratos is from Greece. And, you know, there's these different people from across the globe. Actually, one of my professors, uh, Dr. Alan Woods, he got a Ph.D., I believe, in theater from USC, you know. OK. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and it was in the early 70s. And he actually had a class with O.J. Simpson. That OJ, O.J. Simpson came up to him and was like, hey, Mr. Woods, can you recommend me to an acting coach? And so he was like, yeah, I gave O.J. a phone number for an acting coach back in the early 70s. I'm like, hmm, wow. interesting, interesting small world, uh, you know, for a professor. Uh, so, you know, it was just it helped to kind of broaden my horizons and then make me feel comfortable in a lot of situations. And so when I joined the Marines, I was able to really connect with people from a broad background uh, and then also. Um, you know those who are much older whether they were generals or colonels sergeant majors and then also those who are younger than me I, I do attribute that to my theater degree
0: i really do yeah well and you know that idea that we 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 play roles in life you know father Indeed. father friend son cousin wife you know we, we leader um and and to to realize that you know there's there's an opportunity when we step into a role, a new role at work, a new promotion, obviously became, you know, becoming a, a graduate student. Um, I love how you, you wrote a graduate level thesis in undergrad, right? You know, you were playing above the bar that would have been appropriate as an undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I love, I love UCLA Los Angeles as a leadership laboratory that this is a big city. With a lot of brand new yeah. arrivals and there's not a lot of scaffolding, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have some intestinal core strength to uh, to make it here, right? It's, you do. I think San Francisco, New York, L.A. cities like that in the U.S. and globally, they're they're incredible magnets for for youth and optimism and aspiration. But you know, you kind of gotta you gotta hang in there long enough to to build something because there are a lot of people, you know, it's the, you know, it's the problem of working at a place like Disney or something where, you know, there's so many people in line behind you who would, who would kill to have the job. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I landed my dream job. I'm at Disney. I'm going to be an imagineer. I'm going to make, I'm going to make movies, but there's also this kind of pragmatic, pragmatic pressure of, wow, I better deliver because people right behind me will, will, (laughs) if I, if I don't keep up, they'll they'll want to well let me do it <laughs> um so you mm-hmm. know theater as you know like when you occupy the spotlight you know in a performance when you occupy the spotlight as a leader in a company in a moment in the moment we're living in in the in the greater world do, do you fill up the space and what what do you have available to you you have your character yeah. you have your education you have your training And then you have the moment and you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So, you know, in a, in a performance in Antioch, you wanted six out of seven sold out nights to, to really appreciate the creativity of your cast. Um, As a leader of Marines in a combat Mm -hmm. moment, we have an objective and the goal is to achieve the objective and to bring people back. And as a business leader, we have a good or service and we want our good or service to be in the mm-hmm. choice group and at the top of the choice group to a discerning public and mm-hmm. people have choices and people have substitutes and why are they going to choose us? And why are they going to choose us this year and next year? So, you know, how does one learn to be the CEO of their own life is a question I like to pose to new MBA students. You've promoted yourself by earning a graduate seat at UCLA you've promoted yourself into a trajectory, mm-hmm. whether you were doing it before or not, you're definitely doing it now. You're going to be the CEO of your life and you trusted UCLA and we're going to take a good trajectory and make it a better trajectory. We're going to give you something higher to aim at and the tools and the network and the confidence that you can raise your sights to that higher trajectory. And then you can deploy yourself <laughs> and, and be the best self you can be. So the 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 themes I'm trying to pull together because I I love the richness of your life, Joel. You, thank you. You, right. You, you just, you're, you, I have a lot of veterans and, and active duty men and women in the program whom I respect very much. And, and I have, I have the subset of the liberal artists and the creative types who, who bring their, their, Joy de vivre and their perspective. And, you know, and you need all these different voices to make a great learning community, but I love your story. Cause you, 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 you overlap two worlds that don't so often overlap and you've, you've reinvented yourself multiple times in your life, you know, with the, with the theater education, and then your active duty service. Mm-hmm. And then you, you come to UCLA and you reinvent yourself yet again that you're, you you want to be, somebody who makes a career in entertainment mm-hmm. now you're in your fourth chapter where you're reinventing yourself as an investment banker with congratulations <laughs> for the, the uh, spring internship that you've just stepped into the last month. Thank, you. Thank you, you. Only, you only posted it on LinkedIn today. It was a little bit like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always that trick with LinkedIn. When do you, when's the appropriate time to put the good news on there? It's, it's actually like a, a modern, it's a modern dynamic that we all have to wrestle with because you put it up there and it's official. And, you know, as, (laughs) as you have a, as you have a life with different chapters, you want to honor the chapter before, as you step into the chapter now, as you plant the seeds for the chapter that comes after that. So. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. The, uh, the Marine Corps, uh, it was a vacation most of the time, I swear.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's in the brochure for joining the Marines. It's a vacation.
1: It is. You deploy to these beautiful countries and get a lot of sun and people are just all friendly. Um, that's not true. (laughs) Um, I I did want to touch, you know, the purpose, you know, becoming a Marine, something was, was very important to me. And I felt it was the the best way for me to serve my country, um, and, and take part in the family lineage of military service and history. Uh, and while I was, you know, in the Marines, I decided to transition. I, I wanted to get an MBA. I looked at different opportunities. I really explored a lot of different ways to go. Uh, and I was very blessed and lucky to have good leaders that supported me. Yeah, and I uh, decided on the an MBA. And applied to different schools and got into Anderson, which was uh, definitely a top choice. And I was proud, to, proud to get in, and excited and kind of scared as well. Like, well, here's another another me moving across the country. I was stationed in Tampa at the time uh, at mcdiller Air Force Base, which was a was a joint command. So I was at a Marine uh, command there on the base, and. Um, six day road trip to UCLA or to here to Los Angeles and, uh, ended up, um, uh, getting in, you know, starting UCLA there in August leadership foundations. Uh, and, you know, the decision to go was cause I wanted to work in entertainment and I wanted to get into the best business school, you know, with the entertainment background. So, you know, obviously when Anderson said, yes, I <laughs> took the leap and ended my, my time on active duty and planned on our transition into the reserves and uh, i actually lived on a boat my first six months here at uh in los angeles down in marina del rey uh, nice. on a, uh <laughs> yeah i lived on a on a criss craft uh boat uh that i ran from a, a mentor and a friend of mine still uh, initially was my was my uh my landlord water board as i call it he was my water lord. uh and uh you know big supporter of the military and his mother worked for like boeing so or McDonnell douglas so he was like pretty pro-military guy, so, uh, you know, and and came into Anderson and hit the ground running, uh, taking that, you know, the business core, and I did different internships in the industry. Uh, My first internship was through an Anderson uh, uh, MBA student, uh, Adam Leibovitz, uh, who uh, worked at uh, Unique Features, and Unique Features was owned by Bob Shea and Mike Lynn, who had founded New Line Cinema, and had produced, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street films, uh, the Blade tr- films, uh, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There was like Lord of the Rings – actually, the Gandalf sword, so Ian McKellen's sword from Lord of the Rings was in Bob's office on like a – it was on like a, a plaque or something. And had like his sword there. Uh, so there was some pretty cool movie history stuff in my internship. I just read scripts and got to meet Bob, who <laughs> made all these movies, and he was really cool. Um, and so, you know, through Anderson it was like I got my foot into the industry like very quickly.
0: Now, let me see. See, there's like, I want I want to take some of your DNA and I want to sprinkle it on everybody's cereal at Anderson because, <laughs> like, you do networking really well, Joel. It's it's very organic for you. And yeah, you know, part of the reason like people ask me well, how do I get to be interviewed for the drive time, I'm like it's mostly just call me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, like, and, and we got to tell him sometime about the Delorean. So, if you guys remember the movie Back to the Future, for whatever reason, this is a different story. If we get to it, we will. But Joel has access to a to a Back to the Future Delorean, all tricked out, driving. You know, it's, it's the actual Delorean. He brought it to Femba Palooza back in 2017. And, yeah. And Joel, I think he would call me the year before, even said, "Hey, Dylan, you know, you think Palooza would benefit from the Back to the Future Delorean?" And I just, it's like my my poor little brain was like what? <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get to have Palooza this year. We'll see with Corona, but, um, yeah, yeah, but, Hey, move. I'm doing homeschool. We're both my sons right now. Oh my God. We've got, I watched my second grader yesterday have a zoom class. They have a zoom call. Second grade. They start every day with a zoom call. It's like That's amazing world we're living in. Okay. But let me come back. What is the story I was trying to share? Just, you know, so you called me and said, Hey, do you think Palooza would benefit from a DeLorean. I'm like, well, what do you mean? What kind of DeLorean? (laughs) You're like, you know, the one from Back to the Future. I'm like, well, that's a non sequitur. How do you envision it? Well, people could take pictures. They could sit in it. You know, it just be it'd have a cool wow factor. I'm like, why you were correct. It is a totally cool wow factor. The DeLorean from Back to the Future in front of Royce Hall, like, wow. (laughs) But that's not what I want to riff on. What I want to riff on with you or what, not even riff. I want to ask, like, you're very organic in how you, you are aware of people around you I mean you see it in your commissioning Mm -hmm. pictures like you're you're bringing you're really good at inviting different communities of your life into your current and your future building life and I would love to clone some of that or, or offer some because it's like, you and, you and I talked in our, in our prep, you know, like hard to believe, but sometimes you're a shy person. Or maybe you said it in the interview right now. I have that quality, too. I get paid to talk for a living, so I've gotten more comfortable with it. Right. But, you know, there were, you know, in, in a lot of my 20s, it's like, I didn't don't push me out in the spotlight. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> I wanted it. But a lot of times, like, so anyway, long, long lead up for a short question. How do you coach people how do you lead people like not in a marine situation but in a business situation how do you encourage people to both face-to-face network but also digital network how do you track people it is all in your brain you put it in a digital structure because you're really good at it and you've done it in your military career and now you're doing it here in los angeles and i think it's a it's a learnable skill i'm sorry this is way too long of a question joel talk now (laughs) <laughs> hold on, let
1: me get a drink of water, real quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Joel
0: just <laughs> aged a year with Dylan's never-ending question. On, I've got to go shave real quick, Dylan. Yeah, thank on, you, go, thank I you, Rapunzel, quick, Rapunzel. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: <that's ridiculous. laughs> I still can't grow facial hair. I'm in my thirties, like I'm still oh my god, baby face. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know the the a great question. I'm trying to think of the way to answer it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, a, it's an internal mindset. There was a Marine I worked with who uh, he helped assist ROTC. He was an enlisted man getting his education to go be an officer. Nice. And his name was uh, Christopher Kakas, K-A-K-S. He was, a, he was a gunnery sergeant and he became an officer and he became an infantry officer. Like He was a really... Uh, I liked him. You know, some people didn't because he was stern, but it's like, you know, if you did the right thing and took care of people and didn't lie to them, you were fine, and you shouldn't be lying anyways as a Marine officer. Um, and so, but Cacus made a comment. He said, I can do a lot of things with somebody if they have the right attitude, mm-hmm. and that was like the willingness to learn, you know, willingness to grow and push themselves out of their comfort zone, and really do it, not just talk about it. Because Some people talk, oh, I'm out of my comfort zone. Well, how is that? And how is that actually making you grow? And I don't. Sometimes I don't know if people are, but Cacus uh, was able to, like he just said, he's like, you can do a lot if you've got the right attitude. And he's like, you really need to pay attention to that. And, you know, he was kind of, it was encouraging for me. And also was kind of like, you know, I think a, a good sounding board because I had the right attitude to continue learning. Uh, you know, I feel I still do. Um, which what brought me to Anderson and brought me to, you know, kind of reach out. So I think grounded, being grounded, knowing yourself and having the right attitude. And I would encourage people to take an acting class, and that may seem like you know this isn't like hey go out and become a Hollywood actor. It's really easy. Yeah, it's never been easy. I mean, <laughs> whether it was in the '30s or silent films or now or '50s in the '60s, like it's never been easy to be an actor. But the skill set that you know a lot of actors have is connecting with people and like being able to kind of like listen on an intuitive level. You kind of develop that muscle, that uh, I guess that intuition. And you know, I, I'd I'd recommend like a you know a Meisner class. Sanford Meisner had a method. I'd recommend a Meisner class. I'd, I mean, uh, I'd recommend, you know, doing some public speaking. I think Toastmasters mm-hmm. is good. Um, and I think uh, just having the curiosity when you're with people to ask them genuine questions, because people can tell when you're genuine and when you're not. If you're the real deal, it seems to, you know, people seem to open up to you. And I, I like to think I'm a genuine person or, you know, forthcoming, or I know who I am. I know my identity. I don't try to be something I'm not. Mm -hmm. I think that people pick up on that when they're like, okay, like like he's not trying to be something that he's not, he's just himself. Uh, And and that can come, you can hone that skill set through an acting class, through a a good acting class, not some Hollywood, we're going to make you a star acting class, but somebody who's like studied like stagecraft in New York or stagecraft in London or stagecraft in San Francisco. I think that's where you actually gain it. Some of the instructors I had uh, in my undergrad, Dr. Riley mandy fox who'd studied at yale and had worked uh she worked off broadway or broadway i can't remember you know they were very much like you know you have to ground yourself to be natural I'm like hmm. and you just kind of learn that when you're around those types of people and, hmm. and they were good they were good actresses and i had some good acting coaches that were men as well and it's kind of like you just picked it up and then i went into the service and you had marines who were this you know very much they knew their identity there weren't going to be any you know you, 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 what you see is what you get, and that's what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. And and I had you know enlisted men, especially were that way. The officers, you have to be tactful, and you have to um, you know play play politics, as, as as always happens in any organization. But a lot of the enlisted men were pretty much like you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, there's something to that. So I you know I t- tried to. That's why I had enlisted men there at my uh, promotion. You know mm-hmm. that I've been promoted by officers in the past, colonels and captains and stuff, but. You know, at that point in time in my life, I I wanted Jason and Andrew there uh, because you know they would they would tell you the the God's honest truth, and I've had colonels and generals tell me the same. I guess just uh, uh, acting classes, being mentored by good leaders, I think it's important. You have good leaders there at Anderson that can mentor people.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Hope I'm not giving too long of an answer. Just
1: ah, well, I gave you me.
0: I gave you a five minute question. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So tell me, Joel, how do we get the world peace? Well, let me reference Henry Kissinger's book, Diplomacy. You know, it's like, yeah, let's, go back, talking, it. let's go back
0: to it. First, original, prime the, the, source.
1: The, yes, prime source, Henry Kissinger. Go ahead, Henry. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Um, well, well,
0: I, so I, I mean, I hear a couple things like, you know, be true to yourself, know, know yourself first. Um, and if I could just observe some things that I've, I've seen with you, and you could say if these are accurate or not, but you know, it's consistency, you know, you, you'll ping me every six months. Yeah. Um, You're, you're interested in your own life and you seem to be interested in the lives of people around you, Hmm. you which is, is, is our, is we can tell a little bit of the running with the devil story. Like Mm -hmm. you were aware of the script, you were aware of other scripts, but, but you actually became kind of a bridge like this, this script is more than just an average script. And then you were, you were playing that connect the dot role. Um, we haven't talked much about so. Anderson at all. I know you've got some cool pictures. For, you know, you were an active student while you were here. You, yes. did, you know, you did the study abroads. You went. You know, you didn't just hang out with FEMBA's. You met full timers. You met executive MBAs. You met, you know, Dean Osborne. His mentorship opened up career pathways for you. I
1: Dean Osborne's been great. He's been very kind and very. Uh, you know, I, he has uh, a rooting in the military. He was ROTC at Stanford uh, mm. in the '60s. I believe he achieved the rank of captain in the army before he got out, and then he continued his studies at Stanford. Um, and so he was very—he uh, runs the, the, the entrepreneurship boot camp for veterans. I was uh, one of the uh, TAs or one of the mentees there, so I had, I had a great opportunity through him.
0: Oh, tell Professor people George a little Arnold. bit about that. That's that's like a total hidden jewel within Anderson. So to tell oh, people, uh, tell them the full fantastic. title. Yeah, of, yeah, the entrepreneurs boot camp for the,
1: it's. Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans, EBV, and Al Osborne uh, is the head of that, um, and he uh, brings in you know, professors, Eric Sussman being one of them, along with quite a few other great ones, um, who come in and give, like, basically entrepreneurship classes to veterans. I think Derek Alderton has been in there teaching, which I, I took about every class I could of his, Wild Anderson. Uh, he was a McKinsey partner, but also a, um, he was a clearance diver in the Australian Navy. Uh, in his during his undergrad days, and he went to a military academy in Sydney, earned a scholarship. So Derek was he, he brings a lot to the table when he teaches veterans because he is one and he understands it, and he also understands business. He was an investment banker too, and a McKinsey partner. So he was an interesting guy. But Derek uh, is one of those great uh, professors who, who Dean Osborne calls on at different times. And so you you know you kind of different veterans can apply, and it's like a it's, it's three weeks online and one week in person, if it hasn't changed um and so you do three weeks online and you're you know i you had like five or six uh, uh, mentees as i was the mentor um i think i misspoke earlier i was a mentor and like a ta and like i helped go through the different part of the curriculum and get the students you know lined up and i read through their business plans and commented and tried to you know give my best uh you know intu- intuitive and, and and strategic response uh you know and then encourage them in their their businesses and what they wanted to start with was, you know photo a company start you know become a photographer and do weddings and you know different ceremonies or whether they were interested in, you know starting their own consulting group business and so when they came to campus you know they were connected with great resources and you know al al was there and then you know, you had eric and and uh jeez I, I think they had like 10 or 12 different courses on like you know marketing on uh entrepreneurship on networking on uh strategy on operations like it was uh, almost like a, a very mini slice of an MBA given at a pretty fast pace and um, that was that was an honor to get to do that I was actually really happy I was, was like a, a part of you know the EBV and got to got to serve and help those people involved um, they even had the daughter of a veteran was part of the EBV uh, her father was like a Naval Academy grad and Navy officer she was allowed to come in and take courses or take the EBV Mm-hmm. Uh, it's offered once a year, so hopefully that answers your question. And I was able to yeah, make sense of it all.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to answer my my long-winded question. I think another thing that I observe about you, and I'm sorry to talk to you talk about you in the third person, but it's I'm trying to elicit the professional work habit that I observe with you that I think is a really useful one for for any Anderson person. I you, you also seem to have a pretty good Eye for excellence, or you, you you seem to appreciate excellence, talent, character, quality in in people around you. Like I, I just noticed that, and then you you seem to like then try to find a place where that can connect with with a need, and you know because it's that that thing about networking is it's not you know it's not not necessarily what can I get from you but it's actually listening. What could I give to you? Like nobody brings me a DeLorean, you know, Joel, it's just, you're in a choice group of one, you know, it's, 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 N equals one number. You know, I've worked with 5,000 people in my 20 years at UCLA or almost 20 years, right? 5,000 great people. How many of them said, Hey, I got the back to the future DeLorean one. And, and it wasn't even a need that I would have expressed. <laughs> it was a you know, you're like Steve Jobs. I'm gonna solve a problem you haven't even decided you have yet. But but like, you know, you're so I, I just I love that element about you and, and I you know, what is what is it? improvise, adapt and overcome? What's the what's the phrase from the Marines? The the one that <laughs>
1: It's been Hollywoodized, but yes, it is improvise, adapt, and overcome. Okay, well that's the Hollywood.
0: Okay, well we're blending, we're blending the, we're blending the Marines and, and Hollywood anyway, with yeah. the telling of your tale. But like the the entrepreneurial approach, like okay, you're 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 trusting UCLA to get your graduate degree in business, and if you live in a big city like Los Angeles, you have to be an entrepreneur anyway because this place is just too damn expensive. You know, one job won't pay to live here. You either, have to, you either have to have, you know, means from your extended family, or you really got to hustle for a couple decades to establish kind of a baseline. What you had in Ohio, what I had in Texas, um, it's hard to have that here. Yes, so it that, is. That, that entrepreneurial mindset of I'm aware, I'm not, I don't own all the assets that I need to build something, but I'm aware that the assets are around me. And and very much in a in a film production metaphor, I can I can deploy, okay, you're good with the camera, you're good with lights, you're good with sound, you're good with editing. I know people who are good with lights, sound, record you know, filming and editing, and I can bring them together for a project. That's the Hollywood metaphor, but the MBA metaphor is, Hey, I got an idea. Hey, I know how to get financing, hey, I know how to to go get services that we can get a, a CFO, a short term CFO, we can You know, we can put together a a virtual board. We can give something enough nurturance that it can come to life, and that's that entrepreneurial mindset that I think Anderson is uniquely good at imbuing to people. And it's it's requisite. And I mean, look, this the economy is given away. All the value of the Trump years has gone away in the last two weeks. That's That's a that's a crazy shock, and we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. and yet that is going to open up doors that people who have their eyes open and can maintain their calm will be able to connect the dots and build something that's going to help us go forward. Even as terrible and dramatic as this chapter we're in is going to be, and it's mm-hmm. going to have real human consequence, and we should do our best to alleviate suffering wherever we can, and also there are going to be these opportunities to build whatever the next chapter of America is going to look like and I just like yeah I'm, I'm still I'm still wrestling with this question but it's the inquiry for me is what does Joel do well that other people could learn and I, I guess I'm going to I'm going to put a I'm going to put one label on it which is that you 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 do seem to to go fast and slow at the same time you know hmm. I, I know about four chapters of your career so far from from undergraduate to now You know, I'm I'm going to make I'm going to make original theater. I'm going to be a career marine. I'm. What's the third one? I'm going to you know be in Hollywood, and now I'm going to be an investment banker. But but you and you but you you appreciate people around you in all four of those chapters. You still remember your professors' names from college, Mm -hmm. and you and you remember what it is that you respected about them, still to this day, going on twenty years later. So I, I think it's like you're bold and you're conservative at the same time. I think that's what I, maybe this is my Midwestern common heritage with you, but I, because LA is this fast paced, fast paced, you know, Oh, let's do lunch. Except sometimes people don't mean it. But when someone, when someone does mean it, it's like they stand out. Oh my God. He actually called me back. He said, let's do lunch. And then two (laughs) weeks later he called me and said, Hey, let's do lunch. (laughs) Right. Like I love that about, how you, how I observe you conduct your business of going through life. And I think it's a transferable, borrowable, learnable skill that could serve a lot of your fellow Anderson current and future alumni.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, thank you. Um, that's just how I was raised and I do my best. If I tell someone I'm going to do something, I do my best to do it for them. You know, keep my word. um, (laughs) If I like somebody, you know, I get along with most people. I think if I like somebody, you know, follow up and have lunch with them. If I, if we don't get along for whatever reason that may be, it's uh, you know that's life. Humans are different creatures; they have different uh, personalities. I I don't go around telling them and trying to lie to them. Oh yeah, I'll call I'll call you to have lunch if we generally don't get along. I think that's fake, uh, and I was, <laughs> I was always taught not to be that way. Um, so I I think that's you know, and. The military definitely reinforced that. Uh, the Marines uh, like to, you know, do what you say you're going to do and follow through with it, and you know, be a man or woman of your word. Uh, and I try to find, you know, people similar to me or similar values. Uh, you know, which is key in business. You know, you want to like who you're working with. You want to like the value system, of the people you're doing a deal with. Uh, you know, you want to have like-minded people on your your bus. You, know, you want the right people on the bus before you leave the leave the station. You know. hmm So you know. I, Appreciate those compliments, and you know it's it's uh, so far it's served me fairly well. I hope it continues to serve me well, and you know I make a point to stay the stay the same person, grow but still stay 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 true to my identity, and I think that's 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 a choice uh, that you make. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe I have to come up with a class or something, or <laughs> come in well, and give you know, a lecture think- on it. I'm open to it.
0: You know, you you're a leader of Marines, and, and yeah, uh, maybe maybe I you know it's like maybe there's something in that. Well, so, uh, shall we shall we uh, look at running with the devil a little bit? and Kind of end with yeah. with this fun chapter. So, run it, run it with the devil. Uh, Nicholas Cage, um, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. So yeah, did you, did, did you want to touch on my experience there at the agency? If if yeah, you you
1: tell the story as, as you like huh. to tell it. Once I graduated from Anderson, I went over to uh, I started at a mailroom at a talent agency, and you know it was kind of a, a drastic move in some ways, but it was probably the best way in. And I worked there for about a week, and I ended up finding my way to uh, a managing partner's desk. Andrew also was a marine, uh, and he reps some big clients: uh, Aston Martin, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Thomas Jane, trying to think some of the others. He had yeah, he had quite a few. And uh, We hit it off, uh, and I started as his assistant, and within a couple of weeks, I <clears throat> took the the bold move of being like, hey, Andrew, I've got a script you should read, uh, and it's written by a retired SEAL, and it's based on his experiences uh, in, you know, with the drug trade in South America, and uh, Andrew's like, okay, and he'd done a lot of internal financing and M&A work there at Paradigm, so it was kind of like, it's like partial consulting, partial financing, partially you know, helping Aston Martin get you know into the uh, entertainment industry more than what they were, just with mm. James Bond or some of their other you know uh, films they'd been featured in. And then it was like talent, like putting Florence Fishburne into a film, or Thomas Jane. It was like a conglomeration of entertainment work. It was not this one, you know, putting people into commercials or TV shows or movies. It was like five or six things you know, and conversations with billionaires on the phone and conversations with Don King and conversations with Alec Baldwin. Uh, It was interesting. And so I worked for Andrew there for about a year uh, at Paradigm. And while there, it was like, you know, he read the script, came back, said, I want to meet this guy, Jason. He wrote this. You say he's who he says he is. It'd probably be awesome. And so they hit it off real well. And uh, Jason came back with funding for the film and started casting Andrew's clients and and you know sending legit offers that had you know financial backing and we we, we cast quite a few people into the production and Lawrence was really happy and uh, you know they filmed in Mexico they filmed in Colombia wow uh, yeah they actually like they went down to Colombia and film there which some beautiful beautiful shots of uh, the Colombian countryside uh, and, and the country itself and once they came back uh, you know Jason had done so well and knocked out of the park, uh, you know, Paradigm clients were really enthralled with him and uh, he received some good endorsements and they signed him. And then I helped Jason get, uh, I introduced him to his current manager who was a former agent at Paradigm to help get me, get me into the mailroom. Uh, and, you know, I, I, while I was there, I.
0: And it was, it was the literal mailroom. This is not a figure of speech. There's no, I was
1: delivering mail. I delivered mail. I delivered boxes of wine to people, I delivered
0: <laughs> scripts, uh, I drove.
1: I think I had a couple of trips across the city going to get stuff for people or drive it off to them. Now this uh, is during. A, this is
0: during FEMBA, or
1: this is after. This is, I graduated in June, is, and then I started in August in the mailroom.
0: So it, and you know, it's. I, I apologize. I want to go back to where you were, but just to keep the reality in your story. So you weren't. You know, this wasn't the two hundred fifty thousand dollar post MBA job. No, it no, it's not.
1: This was the no. You know, <clears throat> minimum wage Hollywood start out. Just Like everybody else did,
0: yeah, and, and you know I, I don't know how to tell people that part of your story without them going, "What? I thought it would all just be instant, you know, but that's oh no, not.
1: I wish it was. it was not. It was a lot of unpaid internships and me working and calling people and reading scripts and doing coverage for free, which is not anything uh, to do with a lot of the business school stuff. That was just something I enjoyed doing on the side, and um, you know most importantly. Uh, it was, you know, I, I, used the entrepreneurship classes to shrink my footprint. You know, mm-hmm. I set it up to where I didn't have a car payment. I set it up to where I had like good reliable transportation. I had my suits and stuff and I very much downsized. I downsized exponentially in a lot of ways and just, you know, kind of did what John Wooden had always talked about. You know, you just set your path and, you know, every day you're doing like the same thing and you keep getting better and better every day you keep doing the same thing and keep building that network. And so, you know, his, his, you know, uh, Coach Wooden was, from what I read, was very regimented, which
0: I know.
1: And I used that in my thought process. On top of what my marine training was, it was kind of like, okay, you know, get to work early or, you know, early at the agency, read some scripts, do a little bit extra every day. Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, same thing. Thursday, same thing. Friday, make sure I take home some scripts and make sure I, like, you know, read and come up with some good ideas to maybe put more clients in a project or, you know, kind of bring some deals from inside or from outside the agency with producers bring deals into the company. And so I think there was like offers I brought in for, you know, 60, 80, a hundred thousand dollars for some of the clients that, you know, did they take it? You know, sometimes not, but it's like, I still was trying to bring in like outside business with an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, and kept it, you know, pretty, pretty small footprint, uh, and still do so I can kind of have like, you know, more leeway and, and, and be able to not have a lot of overhead and just stay uh, focused on the mission. And that's, Something I learned at Anderson, something I learned from uh, Professor Geiss's course about shrinking mm. your footprint and making sure you kind of like you streamline everything. So it's like All right, I know how to streamline stuff in the Marines, I'll just streamline it here on a business level. And so you know, it's allowed me to be you know fairly successful. I, you know, people may not want to admit it, but it's like I, I went over to a Brooks Brothers outlet store, Arizona, and picked up some really nice Brooks Brothers suits. I still have them. They wear like iron. I dry clean them and make sure they're pressed and look good. And so when I go in to see people. I look like a million bucks, but it's, you know, I've shrunk my footprint. I've shopped wisely, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not eating steak dinners every night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's kind of how you had, I had to do it. And I tried to figure out a way to where I could still maintain some decency of life uh, and, you know, still pursue my dream. So it was not easy and it was not uh, pleasurable. It was a lot of long hours to get, you know, the the street cred and make the network and, you know, Perform well enough for my boss Andrew to be like, "Yeah, okay, I'll read a script for Joel and I'll, you know, work it wasn't, with him." And
0: didn't when we when we talk, I mean, it, there's even kind of a an etiquette about being the new guy and bringing a script forth. Like, weren't you sort of, kind of artfully? Yeah, that,
1: that was a pretty big jump. Uh, yeah, because most people you, you can get fired for that. Like, oh yeah, hey, you brought me a bad script. Get out of here. I mean, like they can do that to you. So I didn't feel that
0: way you were taking a calculated risk, but in a professionally yeah. grounded manner.
1: Yes. It was here's a script. I think it's really great. If you'd like to check it out, I recommend it.
0: Because see, I hear you you had your you had your your time at Ohio State and Antioch, like you, you're not a novice. You actually have distinctions in art. Yeah. You've got some boldness from the Marines and you've got some. Mm-hmm some professional etiquette from Anderson and you've put yourself yep. into this kind of Spartan lifestyle where you're working a little bit longer than everybody else, mm-hmm. but you've earned, you know, you earned your moment and then you stepped into it.
1: Yeah. And, and made the most of the opportunity and, you know, did my best to stay humble and grounded and the same person. Yeah. And I think that was, that was a uh, key. So, um, and then, uh, you know, while at Paradigm, I was kind of getting an inkling to want to look at finance and want to look at more of the media and tech MA, especially with what I saw from Andrews, some of his work uh, that he got to do. And I'm like, that's really cool. I mean, making movies is cool. But it's like, I want to know more about the m and I want to know more about the financial side, due diligence and like restructuring a company. And how do you, how do you merge and structure a company? How do you do that? And so it was like, you know, I talked to different people in the industry, those who transitioned from, um, you know, agency or sales side to media and tech investment banking, people that did TMT consulting as well, high level firms. I got on the phone with a lot of different people, veterans and non-veterans. And, you know, I kind of was like, yep, I need to go back and study finance. I really need to go and get like a core, uh, like, you know, and I'm not the only person who's went to Anderson and then got a master's or PhD afterwards. So it wasn't like I was like some rare bird. I was like, I just need to find a place where I could do that, where I could kind of, you know, get, get the hardcore classes, get the best, best professor, best, best professor, uh, uh, you know, group to learn from. And so, you know, I looked at USC and was accepted, uh, you know, as a late admin there. I quit work on a Friday and started work on a Monday or started class on a Monday. Uh, So I didn't get a lot of transition time. It was definitely like you have to do it now or don't. I'm like,
0: I'm going to do it now. And and this was, this is a full-time then master's degree, a specialized master's degree that you got after your MBA. Yeah. it's a one year
1: full-time, Degree you know it's like a hundred feet deep in finance and yep. evaluation and MA and business law and things that like just totally build on what I learned at Anderson and totally build on what I learned in the agency world. So And, and I cannot means,
0: make this up. I, I gotta I gotta just show you this. Where's my recent? So while we've been talking, I don't know if you can see that. That's Evan Buffett has called about four twenty nine. So about ten minutes ago while while you and I are having this interview. So he's the he's my counterpart at USC, he's the assistant dean of admissions for Marshall, for wow. their executive, their, um, what do they call MBA PM, and their daytime MBA. So, you know, as much as we like to say, you know, UCLA, USC rivalry, you know, in this town, those are the networks, and you now have a foot in both of those, and and we do talk to each other, and, you know, Harvard has MIT, and and Berkeley has yep. Stanford, and, and we have USC, and it's, you know, USC undergrads are typically our second most represented student, but well, it's either USC or Berkeley. So, and 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 here you are being a lifelong learner, you know, you, you got your Anderson MBA, but you didn't know you were ready for that sort of deep dive in finance. You took your, you took a broad array of electives while you were here. And so now three years after, after your MBA, you're going to get one more degree because of this fourth chapter that you're building, which is this kind of, I want to be you know, long-term. So tell people what you want to build with all this, because it's fascinating to me.
1: Thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it definitely was, it's, it's, you know, going from theater to an MBA, to theater to the Marines, to an MBA, to, you know, a lot of high-level quant. And I've had to really sit down and, you know, uh, get to the fundamentals of a lot of mathematics. Uh, again, which was, it was a challenge, but I'm really glad I did it. And it's made me, I think, 10 times a better business person, 10 times better professional. Even as a Marine, I think, I'm uh, still a reservist. Uh, I still serve uh, in the Marine Reserves in the uh, Entertainment Media Liaison Office. So I'm a consultant to Hollywood for Marine projects. And uh, I've got to establish relationships with DreamWorks. Uh, I actually got to say hello to Steven Spielberg back in December, because we were there to meet with the exec. Spielberg walked through. I was like, he was like, hey guys, I was like, hello, sir. Like, I got to, I said, wow, it was really him. Um, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like a pinch yourself moment. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I've helped establish relationships with Warner and working on with Disney and and some others. Uh, and so it's like, I still kind of use like my business mindset and relationship building and the things I learned at Anderson and at USC in my reserve capacity. Like I didn't know, shut that off. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to what's next, you know, I, the more and more I, Spoke to different Anderson grads and USC grads and veterans, you know, the more and more I wanted to work in investment banking and understand media and tech and how, how important that was uh, for an industry that, you know, private equity is a part of CAA. Private equity is a part of William Morris Endeavor. Uh, you know, and a lot of firms are going that way. And a lot of studios have, you know, former investment bankers and consultants in TMT. That work in their strategy departments. So it's like you know, studios are, are are. It's not Jack Warner and Walt Disney reading a script or telling one of their producers or brothers to go make a movie because it's cool. Oh yeah, go make Casablanca. That's great. It, it's, that doesn't work that way anymore. You know, yeah. at that point in time in Hollywood, it was oh Humphrey Bogart's in this, people will show up to see it, and they kind of did. Oh John Wayne's in this, or 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 Ava you Gardner. Know. Or Marilyn Monroe. Oh yeah, they're in that. Grace Kelly. Yeah, people will go see it. It's a good script, you know. Well, Hitchcock will, will direct it. That doesn't exist. I mean, yeah, you still got people that will go see a Spielberg film or a Lucas film, or um, they'll go see, uh, you know, a cutting edge, you know, Oscar-nominated film. But it's it's you have to there's a real strategy to it now. And they kind of want to build an intellectual property, and they want the the fan base, and they want the you know it's it's very much a, a, a almost like it's become a, a very strategy business strategy focused, over, over a, a, as opposed to just you know uh, a gentleman who loved artwork and and and, and animation, mm-hmm. you know building his own studio with his brother Roy. You know, and then taking off in the 40s and 50s and then building a theme park like that's kind of, you know, it's just a different era of, of, of the world and of the industry. So, yeah, there's a reason for it, because in the long run, like you really need to know the bank, you really need to know the mergers and acquisitions, I feel, if you want to have like a, a long term game in the industry. I could be dead wrong. I could be totally wrong. I just don't think I am. So that's, that's what leads me onto this path. And actually I, I find a lot of the work fascinating. It really is the in-depth look at the numbers and the projections and the, the modeling and the, um, you know, building, building a pitch deck and, you know, being able to like really believe in what you're selling and having metrics to do that. Like that, that works for me hundred yeah. percent. So does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got a fascinating life. It doesn't fit in a soundbite and, and, and that's, that's the kind of life, you know, I, I'm, you know, it's taken us two tries to tell your story. <laughs> we, we recorded, we recorded this back on February 13th. Um, but we, but I didn't like the, the look and feel of that shot didn't, didn't work. And I appreciate your, you know, giving me another go at it. And Oh my goodness, from February 13th, 2020 to March 19th of 2020, the world is radically reorganizing itself. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, hope whenever someone listens to this a month and two months from now that I hope we get through this without it, it getting, you know um, more serious, you know, than is, than is something that we can deal with. But I, you you know, your life, you're, you're on the court, you know, you could be wrong. Yeah. Well, we could all be wrong, but you're voting with your life. You know, you've, I love you. you've, you've shrunk your footprint you've, you've put yourself on pathways that are thought through and yet they involve risk, but what's, you know, that whole thing, what are you going to regret at the end of the journey? The, the, the things you tried that failed or the things that you didn't try?
1: Yeah, I I definitely, you know, you have to live that way in life to where you don't have a bunch of
0: regrets. And, you
1: know, there's been times where I'm like, well, I wish I had done it this way. And I thought, well, if you have those thoughts now in the future and that doorway opens up, Take the opportunity. Don't sit there and wait for somebody to come ask you. you. know, I think we all have that in life where it's like, I should have said something, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah But I'll say something next time. And you just need to make sure you say something next time or you, you take the action next time. Because uh, if you don't, you just keep making the same decisions and keep making, you know, four right turns and going in a circle.
0: <laughs> I've been here uh, before.
1: <laughs> yeah. This seems very similar. <laughs> to quote The Matrix, I've been down this path before. Yeah.
0: Take you the know. other pill. Take the other pill.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, you know, um, you know, in the next decade, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to be, uh, you know, working somewhere in high level finance and still have my hand on the entertainment
0: industry. And you'll be coming back and guest lecturing or teaching your own class. I can just see it. Well, I'd love to. I think that's going to happen. (laughs) I think it's going to happen. So I appreciate
1: it, Dylan. I appreciate your kind words.
0: Well, um, any, any last thoughts you would share? Um, you know, this is an extended version of drive time, but Hey, we're in a moment in history where people got a little free time on their hands. So this is Joel Searles. Um, he's a Marine. He's a man. He's a person. He's a human being on the planet, trying to make a difference um, and and really putting himself at play to be a person that people will trust and listen to. So you can make art. I mean, you're really, it's, it's an, amazing combination of chapters, the four chapters of your life, just even as I observe them. But, Any, any things you'd want to say to current students, to future students, to alumni?
1: I think it's important to be able to look yourself in the mirror, um, every day. And, uh, you know, whether once in the morning or at night, you're brushing your teeth and getting ready for bed to be able to uh, know that you gave it your all, that you stuck true to yourself and your values. And um, yeah, I guess you did your best. And I think it's important too, that if you, you, know, if you have people in your life that are important to you, family, friends, mentors, uh, that you let them know that uh, because hmm. you don't know when they won't be there. There's people um, in all of our lives, you know, mine as well, that uh, you know maybe you wish you could have said something different to, them and they're not here anymore. Um, and so it's important to let that person know they matter, that you love them, or you care about them. Uh, because in the end, it really is it's relationships, and uh, we we started with that the coronavirus, that teamwork, and thinking about how you're. You know your actions um, impact others but in the end of it all it's about relationships and you need to have good relationships in life because people leave this earth and like i said you don't get a chance to tell them what you should have or wanted to so uh don't let that moment pass by i think that's that's probably the most important one
0: yeah i thank you yeah i've been asking myself you know what are we supposed to learn from this as a state, as a nation, as a planet, and maybe it is relationships. I mean, I'm sure there's many things, Yeah, and, and the preciousness of the moment. It, yeah. Who, who should I tell that I appreciate them today? Not take that for granted that I'll get around mm-hmm. to it.
1: Exactly. You know, procrastination, you know, people are important. Um, was it, uh, I was taught people are more important than things as a kid and um you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care
0: ah, i love that those yeah are pretty,
1: those are pretty simple um and i think coach wooden probably had quite a few of those similar quotes in his books Maybe that's where i'm getting some of them from yeah. but uh those are you know I hope that doesn't go too philosophical i just try to get Aye. i
0: guess an honest answer They stand the test of time. You know, we still say them because they still resonate. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes, yeah, his philosophy was very American philosophy. It was very grounded. You know, it it was, it was Midwestern, you know, he loved his father. He respected his father. His father gave him very clear boundaries and, and he lived within those boundaries in his old fashioned kind of way. And he made a huge, you know, he's, He's a unique human in American history, let alone UCLA history. Coach John Wooden, and what a wonderful, what a wonderful person to um, to bring forth here as we as we complete our conversation. So,
1: absolutely. Uh, you don't win wars with guns and bullets; you win it with people first. I think that's that ties into that same more of a traditional value system and, and old-fashioned, but stuff works.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. So. And we're in a moment now where we don't. We need solutions that work because it's a, it's a pull together moment and um, it's a pull together, be sane, be mm-hmm. be sober kind of moment. And, uh, and we've been through moments like this before and we will comport ourselves appropriately and we'll create a future that our kids can inherit someday.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of has a, has a, a sense to it. Not exactly, but a sense to it of like September 11th. It does. Same type of like attitude you have to have. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's been a pleasure, Dylan. Thanks for uh, an honor to be on the show and appreciate you listening to some of my stories and, and having me on, extending it, extending the time. So,
0: pleasure. All right. All right. Well, everyone, this is Joel Searles. Look him up on LinkedIn, follow his uh, next decade as I will be doing. And, uh, Joel, just thank you very much for your time.